Listen up, parents and people that don't pull out and recklessly raw poontang. You don't know what you're getting into with kids. You give them everything that you can. You provide what's best for them. You raise them in accordance to what feels good to you. You're with them their entire life. From fucking birth out of the canal all the way into adulthood and college. I know all of you out there try to be the best parent that you can if you have kids. And if you don't and you're planning on it, I know you plan on giving it your all. Imagine that you do everything within your power to help your child be a success and live a happy adult life. And when you get into the end mix of that, they steal from you. And when you find out and ask them about it, they mash your fucking brains in with a weapon. Tight. Woo! That's what we're talking about tonight here on Death Metal! That was a good one. Yeah, man. Welcome to Death Metal Dicks. Tonight we're talking about the Porco Murders, which yeah. just sounds like a delicious meat company. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. in a way, we're cutting up some slices. Yeah, man. I thought you said Proco, but Porco's way fucking but Porco's sweet. as cool as the name fucking gets. Pork me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'll take a slab of that chopped pork. Yeah, I mean, probably the first place his family went wrong is not selling prosciutto for a living. Man, They're that, from mm. New York. They got yeah. the last, yeah, you know what the finest fucking cut of a prosciutto from the Hudson Valley is over there? Yeah. That's a nice porco prosciutto. You know, I, I was thinking about names for my child. I said, you know, what rhymes with salami? Is it Tommy? So that's what I did. And you got Tammy Porco. Yeah. And then the second one, you went ahead and you got salami porco. Yeah, is, is his name <laughs> actually Tommy, man? No, dude, his okay. name's Christopher Porco. He was born July 9th, 1983. Uh, he started out as a good kid, of course. He's got an older brother. This is where I think a lot of the times you run into weird shit with having a family. Because I think a nice sibling rivalry can be healthy. Oh, yeah. Especially if they're into the same activity. Like me, for example, right now, my kids are wrestling. We're having a great time. Uh, they're competitive with one another, yeah. which is uh, a healthy thing. Are they trying to kick each other's asses at home yet? Uh, a little bit, but it's more so that when they're going to tournaments, which, I mean, it's been two, but they're very eager to compare what they both did with one another. Who do you think is going to kick the other person's ass? Uh, it's pretty neck and neck. I think if they got into an actual fight, my daughter would fucking stop yeah, my son geez, out. She's yeah, almost twice it. the size, and she's fucking... Uh, <laughs> Fuck, she's having a hard time. Um, she's very, she's a very sweet natured human being, yeah. a little overly nice. Um, she's having a hard time turning it on. Yeah, when she gets on the wrestling mat, which is uh, not necessarily a bad thing because technically she seems to be doing really well. She just is having. Uh, she's too nice, man. Yeah, she's just too nice, <laughs> and my son. Is uh he's a gritty little fuck. Yeah. He's got no uh he's got no quit in him. Yeah. He's like his dad. Uh, well, he's he's pulled out a couple of fucking things on on the wrestling mat so far in his tournaments that I've seen. Um he just won't stop. And he's 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 skinned out of two matches 
where he was down by a lot of points and came back and pinned the kid yeah. because the kid's been trying to pin him and he just won't fucking stop. He scrambles And in. the kid gasses out and he gets on top and pins the kid out of it. What if you looked at your daughter and you're like, you're going to go out here and just fuck this kid up. And she hears you say fuck and she's like, that's an aggressive one. She just crushes <laughs> uh, I've been trying. Yeah, I've been trying. Uh, it seems I'm not going to drone on about wrestling any more than this yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. interesting to us, but probably not everyone else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying, dude. I just, I, I try to be really encouraging to them because, uh, as I'm sure our regular listeners know, if you're just tuning in, hello, glad to have you. Yeah. I didn't have any fucking parents, yeah. so I don't have an example to look back upon. But I do know from doing competitive martial arts, uh, you really need somebody to encourage you, yeah. and uh, but also be stern. Yeah, um, man. You know what? Just get her. Just tell her, yo, that toy you is one. I'll get you that shit if you fuck this kid up, dude. I heard a dad. Fuck. Last thing about wrestling. This shit cracked me up. I heard this dad talking to his kid next to us, uh, different age, different weight division, and he's they started to turn him off. He's like, "All right, you know the deal. I got you. Uh, got you a present. You saw the box in the car. I don't. know. He's like, you know, you, you know, who knows what's in it." You're not going to find out unless you get first place. You get first place, you can find out what's in that box. Tight. You don't get first place, you're going to have to wait. And the fucking kid got second place. But like before his, before his, before his last match, I heard that the dad was straight up just like, uh, man, I, I can't wait to find out what's in that box. You're doing good today. You know, you go out there, yeah. you, you just finish this one off. He's like, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what we got in that box. And he fucking lost, dude. The kid just cried over there. And the dad's like, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait till next week. I, I mean, I think that was – I didn't like that. I thought it was shitty, but yeah. it was also funny. It's not what I would do, yeah, but it was yeah, hilarious yeah. at yeah, the same time. Yeah, you just want to do a good job. You don't want to amp him up. It's like even if you tell him, like, yo, if you do a good job and you fucking get first place, I'm going to get you that shit. But then if they don't and they did it like they fucking fought their ass off, Get it for him. Yeah, if it's worth I mean, it, dude, you know? thing, uh, material objects that are not. Yeah, it's if, bullshit. That's not my way to motivate. Uh, again, fuck. Last, I swear to God, last thing on on. Well, this is just parenting in general, which really plays into this because uh, we we got a lot of things to sort out with how the fuck this happened, what went wrong, because it, this is a family that seems like they had everything going for them. I mean, they're wealthy, well to do. Both the kids had like a, a very bright future ahead of them. They were yeah. doing the right things. Uh, but as far as, as with my kids goes, uh, when they're getting out there and applying themselves with wrestling is really like the first extracurricular thing. We've like my daughter tried dance, but it was yeah. shitty. Um, you know, I, I'm just like, look, this is a hard thing to do. You're going to get out there. Don't give up mm-hmm. no matter what happens. The most important thing is you just don't break. You know, if you're down by 100 points, just don't stop. Don't let them break you down. We're brand new at this. Put everything you have into it. And uh, even if you lose, you're going to learn a lot. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel better Mm -hmm. if you don't give up at any point. So as long as you keep going, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Just give it everything you got. Well, and don't get me wrong. I don't think, like, giving somebody some monetary shit is going to fix it. But, you know, it... It's also kind of a way to go, hey, you know, you did a good job, yeah. man. And it's, and I mean, you earned that. You, yeah. If you earn, so, even if you don't get first place, sure. man, that kid earned that. If he got into second place, man, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my main goal is like, I just, like what they're doing now, I just want them to be good at wrestling when yeah. they get in high school. 
so they can fucking pay for their college. Because Lord knows, like, I've got these Viking genetics. Yeah. Uh, scholastically, I'm not giving them much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give them what I got. And uh, hopefully, you know, I just, I, I don't want to burn them out. I want them to like it. But they're both um, fucking smart. Don't, don't want too, to put a so. lot of pressure on them. But yeah, but but, but yeah, that, that ties in because this family man, uh, it's got everything going for it. Peter Porco, his dad, he's fifty two years old, Appalate Division Court Clerk. Peter um, Porco. Peter Porco. Yeah, that's a hilarious. <laughs> that's name. a cool nickname. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, if you wanted your, if you wanted for Spider Man to be your dick, you would call it Peter Porco. For sure. Uh, you know, like, uh, what are you going to do with all that web, Peter? Like, uh, I'm going to porco you. I was going to New York State, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I was slamming them up with the porco. You know what I'm saying? It's a Peter Porco signature move. I was slamming them and hamming them. It's hilarious to me that by the name Porco, you knew they were from New York. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is nowhere else that could have taken place at. Yeah, you know that fucking Porco family down the street there with a nice cars. They just think they're so fucking cool with a Porco name and a Porco Peters. Get a, get you a little bit of the old serving a Porco in the Porsche. <laughs> it's a Porsche, of course, and you get your pork sandwiches inside of it. But yeah, he's a court clerk, which is basically you're you're at one of the top most desired positions for a lawyer. You're out of the physically representing people game. You're a fucking master of what you're doing. You're making a fuckload of money. Uh, his wife, their mother, Joan Porco, is a children's speech pathologist. Also a high paying job. Also like a caring job. You can't. I don't really think. Is she in the school system or is she like a private practice? That's where it depends on how. Not one hundred percent sure, and I'm not worried about the money part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that you could not really be a shit person. I guess deep down you could and be a good speech pathologist because yeah. it's a lot of patience involved in that. Yeah, it's a Christian job. Yeah, it's a very good natured uh, spending your time teaching children. That are having trouble developing their speech patterns. And Not very many men in that profession. No, the, the, it's just it's women the, are a lot more patient. Exactly, it's the level of patience. Like, could you imagine if a fucking third grader couldn't talk right? Yeah. And me or you were trying to talk him into it. Like, I'm my patient. Like, I'm good. I'm lasting four minutes. Four minutes generously. Yeah, is an estimate I can give because when I'm like, say truck, and they're four graders. Yeah, and they go. Truck. I'm like, okay. Now, truck is spelled T R U C K. So we got T R Uck. Yeah. You're saying Twuck. That's a T W O K. Don't say that. Say truck. And they're going to go Twuck. And I'm going to go, okay, go R. And they're going to go, ooh. And I'm like, all right, kid, fuck you. You're putting this on. Get your shit together. Stop saying, ooh, quit now. Yeah. You're nine years old. Pull it out of your ass. Yeah, slap a helmet on them. If that tight fitting <laughs> helmet, it just gets them to do the R's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying, I like, the point is, I got a feeling that she's a great person. Yeah. Because of the level of patience it would take to try to teach children. Who are probably doing it intentionally to, to do things the right way. Let's be honest. Kids with speech impediments are cute. 
That's cool. Uh, I'm not shitting on speech impediment yeah, kids. Man, I'm, no, I'm no, shitting no. on my level of patience. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm in the wrong here. Me it's too, me man. that's wrong. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, Joan's probably a great person. Now, on top of that, they've raised an, uh, a family. They got these two brothers. Now, th- again, sibling rivalry can be really good. These brothers, one year apart. Uh, they're both competitive swimmers. The older brother, quite a bit better than the younger brother at swimming. Christopher is the younger brother. Jonathan is the older brother. This type of rivalry rivalry feeds into schooling. Now, it's going to become important when they start doing police interviews at the end of the line because they kind of pick at Christopher over this shit, which mm-hmm. makes total logical sense. Uh, Jonathan is a naval officer, which means he's gone to college and also is in the Navy. Uh, again, competitive swimmer, good in the water, makes sense for him to be doing that. Uh, and also he's paying for his own college. That's going to be very important in this story because when you go into the military, that is how poor people get lured into it is to pay for college. These people aren't poor at all. And he's gone down a path where he is paying for his college with military experience in spite of the fact that he has fabulously wealthy parents. I mean, when I say fabulously wealthy, uh, I'm a guy that makes quite a bit less than $20,000 a year. And I'm saying, I don't know exactly what a district court clerk pays. I would imagine in New York quite a bit more than it would in Arkansas. But I'm thinking it's like a mid-tier six-figure job. So they're doing real well just off of him. And like you said, if she's got a private speech pathologist practice, probably doing real nice too. So probably had wealthy parents themselves. You know how the cycle goes. Yeah. If you come for money, chances of you making money are much more likely. And so these kids had a good future laid out in front of them. But if you're the younger brother and you've had a rivalry with your older brother and then he does something like join the Navy, which is you have no interest in being in the military, you're going to go to college, but you're going to need your parents to help you pay for it. You got to think, even if it's... uh, in your mind and not an actual fact at some point that's got to cross where your parents say something to the effect of, yeah, you know, we're so proud of him for going into the military and paying for himself to one of their friends in front of you, you yeah. know, and that's going to eat at you. Yeah. It's going to eat at you real good. Like my brother's more independent than me. What a cocksucker. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 Just that type of thing. Like, Oh yeah. He's always the favorite. That's your favorite, huh? And that's the type of feeling it seems to me like Christopher starts to get. Now, another thing about Jonathan is that because not only is the military paying for a school, they're paying him. He's getting a paycheck off of it. He's doing a job while being a student. He is able to buy things. He's able to get out in the world, get a car, get a house, get girlfriends, go on trips. He's doing well for himself. And being a single person, you know, you you could make if you may, if you're by yourself and you make thirty five thousand a year, that's nice. That's good money. Now, if you're in a family and you make that much, it, it's not exactly shit. Yeah, you know. Sure. So as a as a single person, though, you you can basically do whatever you want to. So it's got a different look. You know what I mean? If your older brother is a single person going to school, making thirty something thousand a year off of the military. Fucking buying cars, having a great time. Yeah, you got to be jealous of that. You're going to school. You don't have money. Uh, your your parents are paying for everything, which is exactly how it started off for Christopher. I mean, he was a good student. 
not good enough to get a fucking scholarship, but he's going to uh, going to college in New York. I'm fucking up now because I gotta look through my shit. Uh, but yeah, you you know he's going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not doing great, but it, the thing with his parents are being rich. That you know how like you'll always hear this from your kind of well-off friends where their parents are like, yeah, you can go to college and we'll pay for it as long as Mm -hmm. you keep your grades up. You know what I'm saying? And this is the type of thing that he's dealing with. He, uh, Christopher kind of, uh, he's going to the university of Rochester, which is a four year university. It's legitimate school. It's not exactly a community college, but it's not much above that. His grades are slipping. To the point where he gets withdrawn. Mm. And uh, a big change for kids that are sketchy in school is when you're in high school, anything that happens academically or punishment-wise between you and your teachers, the staff has to correspond with your parents before they implement any punishment. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to get kicked out of high school, they would tell your parents about it. For sure. Now, in college, what changes is that you're legally an adult. So if you get kicked out of school, they're not going to tell your parents what happened. They're going to tell you. And it's up to you to tell your parents. So, of course, Christopher, who we're going to find out, is essentially a fucking psychopath, sociopath, narcissistic shithead. Yep. This is where you kind of start to feel that from him in his adult age is because he starts to lean in on lying right away. He says this crazy fucking story. That everything's going good, except he's having problems with his professor because they lost his test. Mm. And he, as a result of that, is trying to say that he didn't turn his test in. He was in class, incomplete, failed the class. He won't stand for that. So because of the conflict, he's kicked out of school. Yeah, That, of course, makes no fucking sense. And you got to think that his dad's a motherfucking longtime veteran of law. Yeah. He's got to know that he's being bullshit. Yeah. He's got to know. So he gets kicked out of school and the parents aren't going to foot the bill anymore. So the school, they've got some weird shit where academically, once you've been gone for a whole semester, you're allowed to reapply. Reapplies, they let him back in. So instead of telling his parents the truth, like, hey, listen, I wasn't doing great. I'm refocused. I'm ready to go back in. When he goes back to school... He finds out from his parents that they're not going to fund his education anymore. He's got to do it on his own. Okay. He had his chance, and he's coming with this bullshit story. Mm-hmm. He tells them the reason that they're readmitting him is because the teacher found the test. Yeah. He's trying to wrap a story up. But, of course, a fucking lawyer is going to smell that bullshit a million miles away. He doesn't tell his son to his face, yo, I know you're lying to me. He just says, all right, good for you, son, uh, but you're going to have to figure out how to do it yourself. There's plenty of grants, loans, scholarships. Of course, because he's done poorly in school, he can't get scholarships. He's got to go off and get loans. So he takes a federal loan out. Now, when you're a college kid, and I know this from experience uh, because I've certainly shit all over my future prospects of credit, it is. This is the time where it's super easy to take a giant amount of money out as a loan. They, uh, of course, check your credit, but you haven't had any yet. You're a college student. 
So they'll give you whatever for student loans. This is usually where I would say probably a good 65% of the population starts out at with credit. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that happens is that you are extended a line of credit yourself. It's basically enough for you to be able to pay for your classes, get your books, and pay for a place to live at for the time that you're there. Not much left over to play with food-wise. But then generally, depending on your parents... The school will offer you, offer you like a financial assistance on getting food at the dining hall or whatever. Yeah. So he takes the loans out. Now, for a regular person, they're going to look at your credit when you're 18. It's not going to be great. They're going to see what school you're going to, how much it costs. You're going to tell them how much it costs to live in a dormitory on the school. And they're going to shoot that number as much as they can with your credit so they get you on the hook for as much debt as they can give you. That's smart on their end. Yeah. So this person probably, Christopher would have probably, I would guess, from the credit lender, like Sally May or whatever it was, gotten like, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 for a semester of school. That's not enough for Christopher. He wants to big ball it. And that's another thing with this kid uh, that kind of shows his sociopathic tendencies is, again, he's well off. His parents are doing good. And and they seem like the type of parents from from what I can estimate by the way that they're kind of hardline, but they're willing to pay for school all the way around. That they're um, they're gonna take a swig of Canadian Mist, yeah. Diet Coke, a healthy mix. Uh, they're probably the type of parents that, when it came to their kids' need, they probably gave them a nice allowance. Mm-hmm. They probably kept them in nice clothing. They probably were pretty, you know how there's like those kids in school that are clearly much better off than everybody yeah. else. You can tell that they got a fucking sick home life. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the kids I deal with on a daily basis. But, you know, every once in a while uh, we get a kid that's what it is, is uh, they were given some type of responsibility to the point where they think they're an adult. So they're on the same level or they're just fucking spoiled. Yeah. Or both. And so, you know, it's, it's never like a parent going, hey, let me take this away from you. Yeah. You know, they don't do that. What they right. do is they just give them what they want. So they'll shut the fuck up because they're tired of hearing it. Sure. You know, and so it goes like to that old theory of like, you should just whoop their ass. Not necessarily, but you should take some shit away from them so they understand like a struggle. Like I have to work yeah, you know, through you this say, to earn it. You say, you say things like that yeah. and you're a stepfather. And so yeah. I, I get concerned. What do you mean? I'm fucking... Do my shit, man. You whoop an ass? Do I whoop an ass? You spank them kids? Man, I, no. I've done it before, but that's because <laughs> I don't... That's because it's like a, that was like a learning curve for me as I was new yeah. to it, you know? I don't do it anymore, but I figure... You know, like what I know for a fact works yeah. is... Uh, and it works the same way with the kids at the shelter I work at. If I take some shit from them... It was like a parent-heavy episode. That's fun. Yeah, no. Yeah, you take some shit from them, they have to like earn it back, right? Yeah. So they're going to throw a big fucking temper tantrum and freak out. It's going to be terrible for that maybe that day or whatever, but then they're like, man, fuck it. I'm not getting that back. I got to earn it. Yeah. And so they do. You Inter- know? Interesting. Sometimes n- not because yeah. there may be some like other shit they're trying to work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you come from like a background of trauma, you know, where you just get your ass kicked with a fucking... Uh, you know, a clothes hanger or something like that, or you get burned with cigarettes, man, you don't give a fuck about if you take something away. Yeah. Because you crave physical contact, whether it's love or it's a fight. So people get in a fight because they need physical contact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, the best way. That's what they've 
become in, in the deep down cortex of their mind accustomed to to getting attention. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because generally you got to imagine that somebody who's putting their hands on their kids is not nurturing in any way. No, man. they're only doing the opposite end of it. So the only time that they're interacting with their child is to inflict that type of touch. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, when and also to your your kind of like give it you're nurturing their sex sexual aspects of shit when they get older too, mm. spanking and all that shit. I mean that's still. That comes from childhood, and people that are obsessed with that is because they got spanked when they were kids. Yeah. You know, weird. Yeah, we've never been, uh, we've never been like a physical punishment type, or even like a t- like a really a taking away thing. I mean, man, uh, pa- th- there's just no easy route. There's yeah. no easy way to parent a kid. Uh, kind of what we've fallen into is like logical discussion, uh, and we do. An allowance. I don't know why we. I get you know. Well, it makes this is this is just to show no, what man. could go wrong. Like I have no idea exactly what these parents did, but I'm I'm framing that I think that they were pretty good parents, and and look what the fuck happened. What they're what they're doing is they're not like at later in life they're going. Hey, you have a decision to make, but they weren't doing that when they were young. Exactly. So you have to like perfect. take things away. They're making a decision. If you yes. choose not to do this, I have to do this. Part, yes. You know. Yes, you said it perfectly. Because what I'm imagining is that this type of structure system was not in place when they were younger. Yeah. I think that he, this this kid is essentially going to throw the greatest temper tantrum of all time because he didn't deal with that type of punishment. I'm imagining because again, these seem like really nice people to me. Uh, what? Christopher ended up saying about his dad at one point that made it all sink in is that his dad worked a ton. He was hardly ever there, but when he was, he was really caring and nice, but he was hardly ever there. So that frames out a lot. Uh, and as far as, like I said, for his mom to be a speech pathologist, I, I guarantee she was just like a super nice, sweet lady that probably gave into everything. Yeah. So these kids are doing really well as far as the social aspects of their life, because when you're well taken care of, you're pampered and shit, you got all nice shoes, nice clothes all the time that wears on your head. And so what happened to Christopher when he got out of that environment and was kind of on his own, uh, he wanted to keep that type of look up. Like he had a certain reputation. He was going, his college is only two and a half hours away from his house. And a lot of his fucking high school friends and shit that were in his circle of high school friends we're up in that area as well. So he had like, he wanted to keep that like idea that he was well off in everyone's mind. He wanted people to know that he came for money. He wanted people to know that he himself was going to have money. His whole mode of study in school was, was business and ways to make money. Yeah. Um, so he started, he wanted a bigger line of credit. That's the whole point I'm getting to. He wanted more money than they were willing to offer him. So, his first giant deception was that he signed his father's name on the Citibank application for federal loans to get more money. I'm very so, sociopath like. Exactly. Didn't didn't talk to his dad at all, just in his mind decided that was the right thing to do, forged his signature, sent it in, and of course, this is the thing with financial institutions, they don't give a fuck. They don't care if you did that. If they didn't see it happen, they want to give you the money. That's yeah. what they want to do. So as a result of that, and it was easy to do because his name was on his dad's name was on a co-checking account with him because they still gave him money for like an allowance just for being alive in a co-account. So it was easy to sign his dad's name, first of all, on the student loan. Now, 
He got away with that for several months until his dad found out that he had signed his name onto some type of loan. The school loan didn't even signal anything. Nobody called. No one sent any mail there. They sent the mail to Christopher at his dorm room. His dad was completely out of loop. He got away with that for months. That wasn't enough. Now, you got to think about the fact we're talking about $31,000 student loan for one semester Mm -hmm. at a small four-year university. Now, my wife uh, was going to the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, for example, when we were living close to there. Uh, That is a four-year college, a very small one. She was taking student loans out to be enough. At the time, we would pay our rent for a semester and then only for her stuff. Grand total of all that was like $4,500. Yeah. So think about Mm $31,000. I I just imagine that the school and its cost of living was around $5,000, $6,000. That gives him $24,000, $25,000 to just dick around with, which wasn't enough for him. Because the next move that he made, which is what basically caused all this drama, you do when fucking Ric Flair busts into a room, what's causing all of this Woo! you gotta get to the root of it you know yeah. what i mean yeah and what's causing of it is this guy's need to maintain a certain image he wanted a nicer car than he had already had a functioning vehicle a nicer car than probably me and you have put together yeah that's not enough he wanted to get a brand new 2003 jeep wrangler that was mm. already What's that squeaking noise? I don't know. It's a dog pussy. That's what it sounds like when it's not Yeah, what's up. weird? It sounds like someone's fucking. <laughs> but none of us are moving. Might be the table. Maybe. We're not moving the table. I don't know, man. There's some ghosts having sex. I don't know if that popped up on, on microphone. If it didn't, it makes it extra weird. But you know how when the bed's like, you know, what's that uh, Trillville song? It's like, yeah. er, eat, er, eat, er. What oh, the what it is, is ho. ho. Oh, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good song. Can a player just get a nut? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck does he say? Oh, no. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to really catch a nut. That is a cool fucking lyric, dude. To catch what a, fucking, a nut. Yeah. I'm going to teach you. Had to really catch a nut. And it's like a fat dude saying it to you. Man, that's cool shit. My uncle did that to me. He taught me how to catch it. So I'm going to teach you how to catch one. But yeah, so he had a, he wanted to get this 2003 Jeep Wrangler jacked up, already fucking off-road kit, bright yellow. Stupid fucking Jeep bra. Like the Baywatch car? (laughs) Yo, straight Jeep bra. Listen, if you Uh, know the internet, if you know... Uh, hardcore message words, you know, Jeep bra. Yeah. Uh, you fucking, you, like, this is a fucking straight out of uh, Kid Rock Bawa Tabav video. Yeah. It's a bright yellow Jeep Wrangler. I would not look, man, like, I'm at a point in life where, like, I would appreciate a new car, but if I had to pick between that and, like, a, a fucking 2003 Saturn, that someone, uh, a fat person, jumped on the hood and walked up and down and put a bunch of dents in. I'm going with the Saturn. You feel me? Yeah, yeah It's yeah. a bad, it's not a good look. It's a. No. Sh- it's, it's not what you want to be caught in. But it gets you there. I mean, the I'm talking about the Jeep. Like, that's a fancy vehicle. Yeah. But it looks fucking stupid. Yeah. It's bright yellow. Like, I don't want people to see me driving in traffic and being like, oh, fucking bright yellow Jeep guy, yeah. huh? 
That's like not a good With some look. Taproot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is too, you know what? What was hot in two thousand three? Uh, taproot. Taproot. Yeah. Man. Cold. Cold. <laughs> Snoopy uh, girl. Porn. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln Park. Yeah, he was doing it up. Yeah, and he was like a total Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah, but he was like also like, man, I gotta throw in some Dave Matthews, you know? Yeah, because once you get on college campus, now that is college G music, yeah, my man. man. Like once Absolutely. you get like, you gotta, oh man, I'm at the yeah. stoplight right in front of the yeah. fucking, right in front of the fucking living spaces. You got him by you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it right there. Yep, <laughs> it's <laughs> the end of the nineties. With it's the like, man, I can't yeah. be racist. Two of the members of this band are black. We got it all working together. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna fucking you know, burn some you, incense and get your dick sucked. How are you gonna invite another lady to come over to study? Yeah. It's oh, not they're not sucking be, your dick. You're having like missionary yeah, sex. Yeah, no, they're gonna jack your jack your dick off like a fucking under the cover. Yeah, but no with, lubrication, but, but tent style where they got the, <laughs> oh yeah the thumb and the index oh, finger. Oh my god, yeah. just starting to fire on the top yeah, of your like, dick. Uh, you know, I, I guess I could do this, and then you're like, okay, cool. I'm like, why well, are you doing it Crash wrong? Crash into me. Yeah, and then they're going. <laughs> they like, are. They are yeah. literally doing it with the fucking palm of their hand well, on the like, your dick. Well, I do it like this because the cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to. I have to burn my dinger. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rough times, but yeah, this dude's fucking living that lifestyle heavily. Um, so you know, obviously. The, the student loan is one thing, because, again, they haven't notified his parents at all. I mean, we're talking about a federal legal matter. They're going right through the kid. However, when it gets to the issue of getting a Jeep Wrangler, uh-huh. he didn't use the extra cash that he had from the student loan. He went and got a separate loan. I don't know how this worked, but he went to the dealership, went again through Citibank, wrote a check in his dad's name with his dad's signature for the down payment co-signed for his dad again on a loan to get the shitty Jeep Wrangler, which is like a $30,000 fucking vehicle that uh, is going to put them both in a lot of debt. So, of course, uh, you would think that his dad heard something about that. No. Again, all the mail goes to the kid's apartment, but his dad found out about it a few weeks after that because he checked his credit score. Just happened to do it and saw this shit on his credit. And I uh, tried to call Christopher. Christopher's not answering the phone because he, you know, it's, I'm sure figured out why. So his dad fucking emails him again. You know, this is before you could just easily text a motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's also funny to think about. Is that, that's just for, like 2003. I didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like kids in my class did because they had a family and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laugh because that's some fucking truth, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't have a cell phone, but they had like the. Like like a, a pain in the ass to text with. Like, it was still way easier to call motherfucker. Yeah, to, like, type it out three times to get yeah, one letter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's still easier to call a motherfucker on the phone than it is to text him at this point in time, which is very inconvenient, and it's just funny to think about how far we've come now where uh, we fucking would never talk on the phone to somebody. Yeah, you know I fucking I mean? hate talking on the phone. Yeah, it's like an archaic... I've like, always hated talking on the phone. Yeah. No, I never loved it. We had a solution to it. I'm I'm about to sneeze. This is the problem right now. So. Okay. Woo. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I'm the, telling you, I got a sick. The coming. solution to talking on the phone is jacking off to the voice you hear over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
you know, I don't like talking on the phone. It just sucks. It's no. a fucking worst. Yeah, I mean, we've just got it. We've there. We have a better way now. Yeah, it's like the fucking Egyptians. They already knew coming out of the gate. Just send a fucking picture about it. You know what I mean? Just hit yeah. them with a fucking emoji and be on with your life. Yeah. Fuck, shut the fuck up. Here's my like, bundle. Yeah, it's yeah. like we don't even need to talk anymore. Like, just let me send this fucking kissy face picture to you. You already know what it is. I'm going to come home. We're going to have sex. That's the fucking ambiance. Yeah. This is drawn on a cave wall. You feel me? It's yeah. just a fucking streamlining shit. Fuck talking on the phone. That's for morons. You want to see a dick picture? No. I'll show you a dick picture. Man. I don't want to see it. My dick's nice. Would you say it's smooth? Uh, Maybe in this one, yeah, because I shaved it right beforehand. Well, you took a picture of your dick? Yeah, pretty recently. Within the last month. I should send. I'll send it to you, dude. If you do, we're fighting. Don't do that shit. I'll send it to you. All right, man. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. You're gonna wake up to fucking getting smacked hey, around. If I send a dog bone your way, send it back. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, boy. Uh, I mean, it's cool that you guys are keeping it fresh like that, but I don't yeah. want to fucking see your penis, brother. Um, I've seen yours. Yeah, I've seen yours too, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot rod. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. If I'm fucking lost off in dick talk. Oh, yeah. So, you know, his dad fucking finds out with his credit report. And again, like I would, I can't, you know, I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, I would, the, the inverse of this happened to me when I was 18. You know, I just got out. I didn't want credit. I didn't want to deal with credit cards. I didn't want to have anything to do with that shit. That wasn't my lane. I was fucking against all authority. You know what I'm saying? It's not something I want to be a part of. My fucking shit ass mom that didn't have a part of my life at all when I turned 18 started taking credit out in my name and then not paying for it. So she like inverted this on me. She took the fucking uh, same route that he was. She was buying like she bought a fucking living room set and just didn't pay for even one payment on it on it. And just totally fucked my credit before I even tried to use credit. So, like, I didn't find about it until a couple years after that when I went to try to get a fucking phone in my name. And uh, it was like, well, this is your credit thing. You're disapproved. And it, it get, the reason why was, like, in collections for, like, this fucking furniture store. Yeah. And I was like, I never have bought anything on credit before. So I, like, called the furniture store. They told me the date of it. And shit, and I was like, I didn't fucking buy that, and it was like her name. Was- Did you just take her ass to court? No. There you go. I I, I know there's things I could have done about it, but. You can still do that. No, oh, that's been man, so long ago. No, dude. it doesn't matter. Take your mom to court, dude. That'd be, that'd be that would be hilarious. Listen, man, we could judge Judy death metal dicks. <laughs> that'd be I'll fucking get a license of being a fucking judge. <laughs> You'll get a license to be the judge. <laughs> what do you mean you're gonna get a license to I'm, be the judge? I'm just gonna be. That's not how it works. I'm not so going you're to, gonna school. Go to law school. Yeah. And then fucking be an attorney. I'm gonna be and then to work your way up to be a judge. <laughs> the fucking case. In two months, this motherfucker is so stupid that he thought he was gonna get a license hey, to be the listen, judge. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a real court, but we can yeah. just like if we get if we get enough people on our YouTube, which you should be doing, you should get on our YouTube. Yeah. If I if we can get your mom into a pretend court, dude, and I can get her ass, man, and be like, yo, I can't, dude, I'll smack, I kill, I will. I'm telling you, like, I can't see her. Yo, ratings go up. You should just smash that cunt around a bunch. I'll beat her up, dude. Is a bad person, which I'm not gonna go into all the details of everything, but I'm just telling you, like, I I understand, I know. What this guy was going through, except at the time, I didn't care about credit. I didn't, like this guy had a lot to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have nothing to fucking lose, 
Um, my credit was fucked up by her from Joe Street, but it, his credit's not fucked up. He's like a perfect credit type of person, and then he's got this blemish on his shit. So he's having to like fork out payments. So the way he handles it, what I'm getting at by how irate and ignorant I would be beating up my mom, this motherfucker is pretty goddamn chill about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he leaves him a voicemail first where he's like, look, Christopher, I've talked to Citibank uh, I don't know if you signed my name on something or what happened, but somehow I'm a co-signer for you that I didn't approve of. You need to come to the house and we need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. He ignores it. So his dad sends him an email where he's like, and way too good natured for my opinion. He's like, Christopher, what the hell's going on? You've co-signed on these things in my name. I did not approve of it. I'm calling Citibank and I'm getting to the bottom of it and I got to get my name off of that. Three days after that, no response. And this is a family that's in usually pretty good communication because you got to think, you know, their mom's been taking care of the kids for the most part. Dad's been busy at work, but they've been involved in their entire life. They've driven them to swim meets. They've gotten them all the way through school. Both of them have done pretty well. They are an open family. They all talk with each other. He talks to his brother. He talks to his mom a lot. And he's not been talking to his mom for the last three months. That's something that's really fucking sent his mom off because she's, again, caring, nurturing, used to speaking to her son all the time. It's hurt her. And it seems like she, on this end of it, is way more concerned with not straining the relationship with him. Yeah. Like. Most passive aggressive. Well, you know, mistakes happen. Yeah, but not like that. Sure. You know. Sure. Sure. You're absolutely right. But if you've, if you've got, a, if it, it, you know, to these people, $60,000 worth of loans. Yeah. It ain't shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, it's not something you would pay all at once, but it's something that you can, you know, a few hundred bucks more a month in bills ain't going to do nothing. If you care about your son, you turn his ass in. Yes. You're you know, right. that's the thing. Is you're like, correct. You know, hey. You're correct. You you fucked us over. You didn't care enough about us. But yeah. We care enough about you to turn you over to the law. To man. stop the shit so you don't live your life this way. Yeah. But perfectly playing off of that, the next email that he receives after cutting off communication with everybody, his dad is like, listen, Christopher. We need to get to the bottom of this shit. Uh, He doesn't even say shit. He just says, uh, I can read you the exact thing. I want you to know that if you abuse my credit again, again, you understand that? Yeah. Not even, I'm going to do it now. I want you to know that if you abuse my credit again, I will be forced to file forgery affidavits in order to disclaim liability, and that applies to the Citibank college loan if you attempt to reactivate it or use my credit to obtain any other loan. We may be disappointed with you, but your mother and I still love you and care about your future. Mm -hmm. Yo. Again, so because he's trapped in it, they're going to make sure that shit's paid for. You know what I'm saying? And... If he doesn't do it again, it's not shit. It's going to happen. That's I don't think that's good parenting. No. Uh, but for rich people where they're at. This is probably pretty good. Yeah. But this kid should be counting as fucking goddamn lucky stars. You know what I'm saying? The fact that that's the, only, that's the biggest reaction that he got. I mean, just go to your fucking house and deal with it, you pussy. Like, this is what happened. There's no way out of it. And he's, he's giving you an out. He's saying, the next time. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you just put it in more raw terms. Like, yo, you're going to pay me some of this shit back, and we're going to do it off the table. Otherwise, I'm going to turn it in, and you're going to get butt-fucked for forging me. Yeah. And I love you enough to tell you that's what's going to happen. You're yeah, because that's a, a big fucking <laughs> dick in your butt. It's a definite felony. Uh, yes. You're fucked. Out. You're going down. You know? And if for a rich white kid, you're probably not doing jail time. I could be I could be wrong, but, you know, it's fucking embezzlement. Basically is what it is. I, I think that it's, he's going to hit it for... I think that the, tr- the charge is going to be forgery and, and theft. Yeah. Uh, which is a big charge, but for, first-time offender, I don't think he's going to go... Being like a rich white kid, I don't think he's going to go to jail. Yeah. But I think he's going to get stung by it. That's what they should have done. But... I can imagine the kid blowing up after that, but that doesn't even fucking happen. This is what drives me insane about this, and and like I I at this point I already hate this fucking kid. Yeah. I fucking hate him. And uh, obviously you can't see a picture of him right now, uh, but if you just look him up online, you're gonna hate him too. I mean he's the Abercrombie and Fitch, and if you're like that, I don't give a shit. It's not that I that I hate, but there's pictures of him in college with fucking girls that look like him, fucking tipping up bottles of liquor. Pictures of him with his fucking goddamn bright yellow Jeep, smug look on his face. Clean cut, fucking just probably listening to Kid Rock and Eminem yeah. type of shithead. Let me tell you what, my look, we we come from the same fucking cut. Our our grandparents raised us. If I would have done some shit like this, with my grandparents, my grandpa, and I told you guys in the last episode, the last two episodes, that he may have been involved with the Bill Clinton shit. Yeah, he would drag my ass outside, and I would get a fucking ass whooping with some nightsticks, and you deserved it. Oh man, I got my ass kicked yeah. for shit less than that with a nightstick. Yeah, you know. Just be straight up like, yo, you're going to respect me. Yeah. And if you go, no, I'm not. He's like, okay, we're going to see what the fuck's up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And uh, just because you're a cop, DHS shows up, doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter. You're they're a not cop. showing up. Yeah. No, I mean, they're not. They're yeah. not going to, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you just fucking being a piece of shit is one thing. Mm-hmm. But being a fucking rich fucking just, I, I need this. I need that. I'm dealing with that right now at work. I got a yeah. kid that definitely needs their shit pushed in by another kid. Yeah. Because they're a bully. Yeah. There is a certain type of person. Uh, I know a lot of people don't think that, like, violence is ever the answer. You just, uh, you know, you've. I know you've grown up in a very different world. Because I, I know even if you th- the last thing on your mind is, is putting hands on somebody... And you think that we're in like a kumbaya type of society? Nah, man, we're not. I know, I know. I'm saying if you if you feel that way, what I'm trying to frame this to you is that I know off the top of anyone in the world's head, you can think of somebody who's just got a smug attitude and they talk in such a reckless way, where you know someone right now who could completely benefit from getting their ass kicked, and you can tell that they've never been fucking beat up before because usually what happens to somebody is that they talk insane shit they say crazy things to somebody and they get the shit kicked out of them and then your brain goes man i could be held accountable for the things i say yeah and that is a important lesson for everyone on the planet if you don't understand that you saying some shitty thing to somebody doesn't have the ramifications of getting your fucking tooth chipped yeah. Or embarrassed in front of all your friends. Well, not only that, but like the thing is, is there's no, like the logic shit you're talking about. What happens is that somebody comes and saves your ass. Yeah. 
mommy and daddy come save your butt. And you that's know? what this kid is this bullshit. Right. And now he's at odds with him and he doesn't have any idea how to deal with it. And I hate, again, I fucking hate this kid, not just because of how he looks and, and presents himself, but dude, I wish that I had parents that I could go smash their face in with an ax. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even have that. This kid's yeah. got everything. The only thing close to that I've ever had was I watched a kid. He was a little older than a kindergartner. He was probably about 10. Yeah. And he was fucking, like, beating the fuck out of this kid. I mean, just kicking his ass. And they were, they were like, in the middle seats of the bus. I grabbed this kid's fucking head and bashed <laughs> it into the fucking window and broke it. Woo. And it was on camera. Yeah. And so the parents were like, we're going to sue. They were going to sue my parents. But. They caught on camera him just kicking the shit out of his kindergarten yeah, and saved so the kid. It was like, yo, yeah, he got what he deserved. He was being a bully, so I bullied his yeah. ass. I could, so I didn't have to go to court. Hell yeah. I got three days of uh, out of school, school suspension. Oh, out of school. That's a treat. Yeah, man. I fucking eat pizza rolls. Jacked off. Fucking watch reruns of fucking Are You Afraid of the Dark. Jacked off. Oh, I jacked. That's all. Yeah, everything else listen, is just a fucking back. My balls. Fucking happened, dude. Listen, my dick was a North Pole and my fucking, <laughs> my fucking balls was a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> I let it sit there and cook in those fucking pajamas I got for Christmas. Oh, it's so gross, but uh, it smelled bad. That's just the way that fucking I conditioned now, my fucking pubes with cub. This kid who's got it all, who's got loving caring parents decides to make this fucking move from his fucking college two and a half hours away gets in his stupid fucking bright yellow jeep drives to his house in the middle of the night leaves college campus at 10 30 smashes the security system with an axe Right when he gets there. But uh, he's trying to be slick. This is what always happens. I know y'all are some forensic files. Watching motherfuckers. You can pick out everything that goes awry. You know where people fucked up at. Here, this is super easy to tell you where shit went to bullshit. Now, first of all, he's going in the house wearing a Tyvek suit and gloves. That's a good choice. There's no DNA left behind you. You're behind water proof clothing you can't get any evidence in there that's one thing he didn't do however he's got a key to the house unlocks the door goes inside the alarm gets triggered he deactivates it with the code but then smashes it because in his mind if he destroyed the keypad there would be no record of him typing the code in one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever... No wonder this motherfucker is failing out of school. Stupid as shit. Because how do you not know that the reason your alarm sounds is to alert police? How do you think it alerts police? It goes through the company that sold you the alarm. When your alarm goes off, it sends a record to the company, who then, after a certain amount of time of it not being deactivated... Come back to the house over a speaker and say, is everything okay? If they get no response, call the police immediately. You have to tell them a code to say that everything's good. So if someone broke in your house is holding you at gunpoint and the alarm company calls over and they say, is everything okay, Mr. Peterson? And you say, yeah, 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 everything's all good. That is how 
they get you out of that situation. Because you're supposed to say some shit like Mockingbird 1902. Yeah, you got to give them a code word. Exactly. And when you don't say that, they know that shit's gone bad and they call the cops and the cops show up. That's how it works. So you are, if you can't, if you don't understand that in your mind, when you type that fucking password in, that it shows the company you did it at this time, you, you like, man, <laughs> well, one time this kid pulled a fucking fire alarm at my shit. Yeah. And I knew who did it. Cause I saw, I w- looked at the camera, <laughs> but it went off and I couldn't get the shit. So the people that had the security company call, but I got the kid in the office. Yeah. And I'm, and he's like, what's the password? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And he's like, yo, what's the password? And I go, motherfucker. And the kid goes, oh, he goes, oh, man. <laughs> and then I figure it out and I go, now, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But sometimes I get frustrated. He goes, I understand. I'm sorry, man. You know, he's like, but it's so funny, man. It's like, motherfucker, you yeah. piece of shit. Unlock the door or die. It's like, man, it's a Saturday. It's the only day I work. Can you not do some dumb shit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Because when you hear that alarm, you just want to, you just want to kill. Yeah, sure. So he smashes it, but he, he deactivated the alarm, then smashes it to keep his secret. Now, what he does next is, a, of course, horrific part of this fucking story, what we're all tuned in for, and it gets as insane as you can imagine. He takes... A fucking firefighter axe and bashes his mother and father's body and fucking face to absolute fucking bits. And when I say to fucking bits, I mean to absolute fucking bits, brother. He fucking took, you know, the firefighter axe is like a long wooden handle. It's curved. To make sure that when the metal blade hits, it's maximum impact. Because it's made for like breaking down doors and shit. Uh, so it's a sharp blunt end with a weighted pointy end on the other side. So when he fucking smacks his parents, he hits his dad in the fucking head 16 fucking times. Damn. Think about that. And, you know, the kid's weak as shit, but that's still going to, like... Oh, yeah. You're completely destroyed. Especially with Sharp. And, and you got sharp and, enough to fucking knock out a security system. What you got to think about this, too, is that the first one puts you out. Like, no one woke you up. Hope. No, it did, for sure, because okay. they didn't wake up. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if yeah, you get yeah. hit with a fucking axe and you don't wake up and go, whoa, you got fucked up. Yeah. It hits his mom. Fucking uh, a fucking ton of times. I mean, he, and again, this is a nice, fucking great, wonderful woman. Which I, I mean, this is all something because she gets kind of fucking weird towards the end of this. But uh, smacks his fucking mom a bunch of times with the axe, and then walks out cold blooded, leaves the house like it's all good. Uh, turns out he hadn't fucking killed either one of them. Mm. So his fucking this shit is 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 uh it's impressive and depressive to me because his fucking dad wakes up to his alarm hours later doesn't notice his fucking smashed to bits wife next to him heads down the stairs puts on a pot of coffee mm-hmm. starts putting the dishes from the night before. Into the dishwasher, cleans the kitchen up while the coffee's brewing. Starts cooking fucking breakfast. Starts eating breakfast, drinking coffee. Thinks, ah, 
it's time to go get the newspaper. Walks out on the front lawn, goes to get the newspaper. Whoops, a daisy. Forgot my keys and my house automatically locks. Locks himself out of the house. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking about a man that's smashed to pieces. Yep. Probably looks like Hamburger Helper. That should be it. Now, he has the wherewithal to go and find the spare key that they hid. Start to unlock the door. Gets it halfway unlocked when he finally fucking drops dead. Now, what's insane about this to me is that almost literally every part of this man's brain were eviscerated except for the paleocortex, which is your primal daily instincts. So your body keeps functioning in its daily routine so you can be fucking cut in half while you put slippers on mm-hmm. in your pajamas and fucking go through your morning routine. And that is depressing to me. It's impressive because it's insane that that one small part of your brain controls all that. Yeah. But it's depressing to me as somebody who's on a routine where I wake up at the same time Monday through Friday and go to a fucking job. That's so ingrained in you. And and I can tell you right now, I fucking wake up five minutes before my alarm every fucking day. Yeah. It's hell. I hate it. Just to be so... Like, and, then, and people always, like people bitch about, oh, it's just five minutes. It's like, yeah. No, that's a lot. It's a lot, man. Five minutes is Let a me lot. catch that alarm naturally, please. And it never happens anymore. And I, it's that fear of missing the alarm is what I keeps mean, you, dude, you the fuck up. It just sucks to be so ingrained... In routine like this, that uh, when you fucking die, you're still locked into it. Um, his fucking mom is not dead either, but she's not up out of bed. She's just lying there. Uh, the the it still takes hours for anyone to discover this. What happens is his dad's late for work. He's never been late his entire career. So they send an officer of the court over to their house to check on him and see what's going on. When they can't get a hold of him, they see his dead body. They go inside. They find Joan in bed. Uh, She's been struck to the body several times and has three fully sunk axe wounds to her face. Still able to fucking speak and move around a little bit. Uh, so this, and, and, and so it, she's there for so long that when the officer, of the court calls the cops in the, the second wave of cops that shows up, the detective, you know, it's just like the movies. You have like the street cops that are there first, then the detectives show up and they beat the ambulance there. So as they're trying to get her out of there, uh, Christopher Bodish is a Bethlehem detective. He finds Joan laying in bed covered in gore. Uh, and the first thing he asks is, do you know who did this? Joan nods, yes. So, for whatever reason, some instinct thing, uh, probably because I don't know what made him do this. He asked if her son, Jonathan, the naval officer, did it. She shakes her head no. Bodish asked if Christopher did it, and she looks right at him and shakes her head yes. Um, yeah. So... There, there's a couple things get, that can answer the question of, like, did she know or did she not know? Yeah. Hey, the trauma to your head getting fucking hit with an axe? Okay. Hey, you know, and then the other part of it is um, you were so shitty at parenting that you would ne- you thought you did everything right. Yeah. And that your kid was a great yeah. kid and that he would never do this to you. And you go into some kind of, like, doubt about that and just, you know, there, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah, so when Bodish goes to question him, which I'm going to get into some of the questioning, 
um, to just like, cause it's always interesting to me how like a good detective and police officers will deal with people and the traps that they set for them. Um, you know, he says that he basically assumes that this is her dying declaration. He asked her a few more questions and in his mind, she is dying and she on her deathbed has given him the information he needs to, to go after her killer. Um, so she ends up pulling out of it. Now she's taken to the hospital. Uh, she ends up going into a coma. She is there for several weeks. She's only in a coma for a couple of days, but I, I mean like the road to recovery is crazy. And, uh, this, I'm going to get back to her cause it, the whole thing ends up extra sad for her. It fucking sucks, dude. Like this is such a shit fucking story uh, all the way around. I mean, the the motive behind it is obvious. So uh, Christopher is already back home to his dormitory because, you know, his whole motive is to say, like, I wasn't anywhere around. I was at college. I could be accounted for. I went to bed. I woke up. Uh, he gets a call from the local news. A reporter calls him and says, hey, do you have anything to say about your parents being found murdered? And so he immediately, this is another thing, forensic file style, is that you have like all these ideas in your brain. What am I going to do when someone asks me about it? Because you know that it's going to come up. You have to, and you're already working on these things in your brain to act. You're going to be surprised. You're going to fucking freak out. You're not going to be like everybody else that gets caught. You're going to have a way to fucking show people you didn't have anything to do with it. So he gets a call and he, you know, breaks down. What do you mean murdered? Oh my God. I can't believe that. I didn't. What the fuck are you talking about? Hangs up and immediately calls the Bethlehem police department. Mm. Gets on the phone with the operator and he's super sketchy. And you know, this of course has been gone back and analyzed over and picked apart in different ways that he's got sociopathic and uh, psychopathic tendencies. Because he's stuttering, he's doing a lot of uh, and like, and already giving like alibis when unprompted to. And it's like a pretty uh, a good 911 operator from what I could understand because they're asking him, like every time he gives unnecessary information because he's like, uh, are my parents dead? The news just called me. What's going on? And the operator's like, I can't give you any information on that, sir. You need to come down here. And he's like, well, uh... I'm in my school and they already have his information. Yeah. Because it, like it, it, like it's all playing out pretty easily for them instantly. And, and again, because the mom answered that, yes, he did it. And so the 911 dispatcher is like, well, are you at school? And he's like, yes. Are you in a dorm room? Yes. How soon can you get here? Like, what are your expectations? Trying to get as much information from him as she can to pass it on to the police because I, I assume it's kind of like an APB type of situation where everyone's got their eyes on him for fleeing, you know, figuring out what's going on with him. But he's trying to play the role. And they've got the 911 call recorded. And then they go through the funeral. And, the you know, the police the whole time are doing the classic thing of like, hey, we're going to have a meeting. we got to talk to you. You know, they kind of yeah. let him go through his dad's thing. His mom's in the hospital. Um, he, ta- he first speaks with... Um, Detective Bodish, who who found the bodies and got the information from his mom, and he tells Detective Bodish, "Hey, I'm like." He, Detective Bodish gets a hold of him from the nine one one operator. He's like, "When are you coming down here?" 
it's like, oh, I'm going to come. I got to be with my mom. He's like, okay, good. You need to be. Um, I already saw her. It's bad. You got to get here. But let me know when you're here because I need to see if I can do anything for you, you know? Yeah. So he gets there, you know, he's sitting around, and already Detective Botus is asking him questions. And this is an important thing uh, for everyone to hear anytime we do a case. If you if you had zero involvement in a crime, uh, you need to never talk to the cops. If you had a complete involvement in the crime, obviously you clearly need to never talk to the cops. Now, what Detective Bodish already fucking knows for an absolute fact is that Christopher's yellow Jeep was captured on camera 10.30 p.m. November 14th by campus security cameras leaving the campus. He's already got that information. Yeah. He knows he left. He knows he's not there. That's the first thing that Christopher is going to tell him is that that's where he was, in bed in the dormitory. Well, no, he wasn't. So anything that he gets walked into because of that in an interview is going to fuck him in the ass. And that's how cops are. He's not just going to be like, hey, man, how come you weren't home at this time? He's going to be like, where were you last night? He's going to be like, oh, I was at home in bed. And then Officer Bodish is going to follow up with, you were home in bed, okay. And he's going to ask him three or four more questions. He's going to come back to it and say, hey, uh, you know, I got the security footage. It's kind of hard to be home asleep when you left at 10.30 p.m. And didn't return on campus cameras until 8.30 a.m. And then he's going to have to start trying to backpedal from that. And then he's going to walk him down a different path. That's what happens. You don't just keep hammering them on it. No. You slowly break them down. Because the next easiest thing to tell him is like, hey, man, um, I already spoke with this toll booth attendant that was working that night. And he very plainly remembers a bright yellow Jeep with big, stupid rims. Yeah. With a real weirdo being in a big hurry for no reason. Shout out to Cash Money Millionaires. Yeah. For the 99 and the 2000 taking over. Uh, he blatantly remembers that. And that's funny, too. That's funny, too, because... Uh, you know, you've got a a toll pass in your name, so it, it kind of seems like you just, what happened with that toll pass? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, yeah, it's weird that you don't know, you know, because, you know, we've looked through your Jeep already, right? And he's like, well, yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, you know, that toll pass was in the Jeep. You just tucked it down so it wouldn't be open and, and set anything off. Was there a reason why? Did you not want... The, did you just want to pay for the toll? Did you just not want to check into that waypoint? Was that the thing? You didn't want it to know that you were there yeah. at uh, midnight and then again at fucking 6 a.m.? Is that what happened? He was like, no, no, no. It was, I just forgot about it. It's like, oh, okay. So you forgot about it, but you went through the toll booth. Yeah, I, okay. So how were you in bed if you left your campus at 10:30 and then midway between the two you passed that toll booth what were you doing and then you have to on the spot make up a lie yeah so you're already caught you're already Didn't fucked trip the fuck and, up. And, and that's the thing is that they're so good at this shit and they're so far ahead that even if you had no involvement this is why you don't talk to cops you just don't do it you just don't do it and they end up talking to him for a few hours in the first place um you know he fucking blew the whole thing from Jump Street. I mean, I'll give you, give you some excerpts from the fucking interview that were especially damning to me because, again, these are good detectives. And this shit's easy to break down. I mean, they just got in his dad's computer. They saw the email. It's all easy to put together. This shit ain't hard. So they got the kid in the room, and uh, 
you know, they're, they're just talking to him. And it's like, and also if you're talking to the cops, this is just how stupid this kid is, is he's like so like caught off guard and in the moment that he doesn't even recognize when he's being brought down a road. So there's, there's um, three people in the room. There's Detective Rudolph, there's Detective Bodif, and then there's a fucking uh, investigator that are, that are breaking the investigator Williams that are breaking him down. I'm just going to give you a little bit of the excerpt of the shit that I think that is important for people to hear about talking to cops, how they do things. Because it's, it's, in this case in particular, because the dude is like so obviously guilty and trying to play it off, it's like so easy to walk him into it just the ways he fucks himself. All right. So we got Detective Rudolph and he's like, so now uh, what? The, how is your credit? Did you did you do, did you build your credit yourself or is your dad helping you out? We're talking about your parents just dying. Like, if this is coming up, you just got to be like, get a lawyer. But he's like, uh, he uh, co-signs the car loan. And then Detective Rudolph goes, mm-hmm. Detective Bodish says, how did you pay it every month if you're going to school? Mr. Porco, Christopher Porco says, I have money sort of from the summer. Some reason I have direct pay on my checking account for the car and my cell phone and some other stuff. And it didn't work out the past month. And they got a phone call saying that uh, something paid it. So I paid it. The p- past two months, they paid it. The tech crew was like, okay, weird. What's your payment each month? Chris says, three thirty a month. Detective Rudolph, are you working? Chris, eh, not presently, no. Detective Bush, oh, man, that's a lot of money. Chris, yeah, it adds up. Detective Bodish, that's a uh, bigger car payment than I have. Chris says, yeah, I didn't really anticipate the cost of it when I... Detective Bodish goes, wow. Detective Rudolph, uh, how many years is that up for? Chris says, five. And Detective Rudolph says, and, and when did you get it? Chris says, uh, June, early June, which now we're in November. Detective Bodish asks him, is there uh, any other payments you make? He says, credit card and my cell phone bill. Detective Bodich asks, you got a cell phone bill? Chris says, yeah, it's about uh, 50 bucks a month usually. But Detective Bodich is like, okay, and then you've got your your what, your what, credit card bill? Chris says, yeah, it's about 70 bucks a month or something. There's about 3000 on it. Visa? That's American Express. Okay. Chris says, it's one of those stupid student cards. They give you a ton of credit. Detective Bodich stops him. I, yeah, I know. I know. And he starts to talk. It. Right, right, right. So who's been paying for these since you've not been working? And Chris goes ahead and says, me. They, they're hammering him again. He's obviously off. No, they know you're not paying for it. This is the third time they've asked you because they know the answer to that. Uh, how are you doing that? American Express bill, I think, is late. I'm not really sure. Uh-huh. And Chris, but uh, I'm trying. And what about the car? Chris says, what about it? Detective Rudolph says, well, you're late on the car. Chris says, my parents paid that. Detective Rudolph goes, huh, they did? Chris goes, yeah. The Detective Rudolph says, uh, they didn't pay it off, did they? Chris says, no, just two months. Two payments? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's about it. I got expensive for school and stuff. Detective Rudolph says, sure you do. Sure. Yeah. School. And, uh... Then they go on to something else completely. So I'm just going back to where they caught him again because they move on from that. They got him working, you see. They're, and they're, they're, you can see how they're fucking picking at him where he says some dumb shit and they just go, uh-huh. Yeah. Sure, kid. 
You know what I mean? So even if he was telling the truth, they're belittling him. So it puts just an emotion in you. It's interesting to see the psychological process of detectives versus a fucking, like, for sure murderer that they know how to work to get to the bottom of. You know what I'm saying? Um, Anyway, they keep breaking him down. They start asking him more questions about it again. And uh, then they say, like, hey, kid, we got the email. We know you forged your dad's name on that shit. So are you telling me your parents paid for it? Or are you telling us that you you forged your dad's name? And he's like, well, yeah, I did it. And they're like, okay, well, you know, it's funny that we got a fucking body and a comatose mom. And you're lying to us. Save yourself the trouble. Just tell us now. You know what I mean? And Chris is like, tell you what? Okay, I lied to them. I forged your name, but that's between me and them. He's like, it, it was between you and them until they died, <laughs> you know? And uh, then he's like, they they start walking him down. They're like, you know, that's a pretty good motive to kill somebody. Yeah. And Chris is like, that's not a good reason to kill somebody. And the detectives say, well, is there ever really a good reason to kill somebody? And Chris says, I think there can be. They say, really? You think there could be a good reason to kill somebody? He's like, yeah, like like self-defense or something, like not a murder. He's like, huh, yeah. And then for whatever fucking nervous brain reason, Chris brings up the Scott Peterson case, which is oh, where he went yeah. and fucking killed his wife. Yeah. And he was like, see, so yeah, see, he got in trouble, and the evidence was all circumstantial. There's no physical evidence. And, uh, dude, this cold-blooded motherfucker, this detective looks at him and goes, yeah, yeah, you know, we paid a lot of attention to that. We pay a lot of attention to all murder trials. So we learn things. And you're and you're right. You're right, Chris. All the evidence of that was circumstantial. Not really any physical proof. And he's doing life in prison. You know what they call me, Chris? Mr. Evidence. I don't take things. It's kind of like Mr. Big Day. Yeah. You know. I don't take things to court unless I got evidence. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, Chris, I got evidence. Yeah. So what you need to do is do a polygraph. And then Chris is like, I need a lawyer. And then they're like, yo, you need a lawyer, huh? You need a lawyer? You're a smart kid, right? You're in college, right? I think you're a smart kid. And he's like, yeah. He's like, so you don't think it looks weird that now that we're here, you need a lawyer? Why don't, why don't you just be smart? Exonerate yourself and take a polygraph. And yeah. He's like, no, I want a lawyer first. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Mm-hmm. And they just chop him down, man. Now, he doesn't ever give a confession. Never once the entire time. However, the entire interview is played in front of the court. Yeah. And this is the thing with police interviews. Again, I'm saying all this shit that can get kind of egregious. Don't talk to cops. It's never going to work out. Don't kill anybody. Well, yeah, for first. sure. And <laughs> you know, he, I first. mean, this guy is actually guilty, but this is the shit they do to you. They can make you question anything. Mm-hmm. They can make you say the same thing different three or four times, and then they're going to play it in front of the court. They're going to hear it all. And so what happens is uh, when it goes to trial, finally, uh, they, they can't do it in this area because, again, uh, his dad worked for the courts. He's a well-known, well-liked. The cops knew him. Everyone knew him. Well-liked member of the community. And there's a ton of media outrage that are already pointing the finger at Chris. I mean, he's being charged with the murder. It's like a sensational. They make a Lifetime movie about it called uh, The Romeo Killing. Uh, The trial gets moved to Orange County because of the media explosion. I'm talking Orange County, New York. Like Orange County Choppers. Like that father and son that fucking argued about everything. Making those fucking bikes. Hey, man, you know what's cool about that shit is one time 
he you know you know how like they get into arguments or anything or anything they got to play it off or whatever. Yep. There was a point where the son was smoking a hooter outside. A fucking hoot. But yeah, they were like they. He was like, oh yeah, when you get done, you come in here. And he was like, I'm smoking it. I'm on my cigarette break. And it's like, oh no, that's clearly a joint. Yep. Hooters are cool. I love the word hooter for pot. Yeah, hooter. <laughs> I met a real country motherfucker in the middle of Arkansas. The first time I heard him, he he worked on he lived on a farm, worked on a farm, had a fucking dog that would attack people on command in the back of his truck all the time. And one time he's like, "Hey man, you want to go do a hooter?" And listen, when he <laughs> said a dog in the back of the truck at any time, if you were at a bar, that dog would stay in the back of the truck and would not fucking leave. Right. And he would come out if he said. Get him. Bite. Get him. Dude, he, he would. would get you. Say goodbye to those balls. Oh, that is a mean motherfucking dog, Man. dude. It was a blue healer. Yeah. Woo. You, well, didn't, you didn't want no parts of that. You shit. know that fucking, uh, that, that fucking segment. In, uh, oh, man. What's the, what's the name of that movie? Uh, I don't even have a frame of reference to what movie it could be. Oh, man. You know I know what it is. Uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. Where he's like. Sick of sick balls. Yeah. Dude, this dog would rip your fucking sack smooth off like a flat soccer ball. Yeah, I just straight went for it. I mean, we would bounce. I bounced at the bar. He would come in all the time. And then, like, one night, dude, um, he was getting into it with these guys. And he was, like, a super nice dude. Just super country. So, he was, like, hard to take if you weren't used to that type of shit. Because he was just like, man, y'all motherfuckers want a shot? Hell, let's drink some liquor. Just, like, b- being friendly meeting people and, and the whole time he's thinking about how he's gonna cut you open yeah he was he was a little off yeah he, <laughs> he trained off, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he had something going on but uh he would rub people the wrong way is what i'm getting at and so one time man like i had to throw these dudes out that were getting into it with him and they fucking waited for him outside and he came outside and they tried to jump on him and he just fucking <laughs> fucking dog came running get him that fucking dog jumped on this dude, and I was like, I got, I cannot watch a dog. <laughs> I could tear and fly. I got to go inside. I can't look at this shit. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone else took off. Their friend got fucked up by that dog. Gnarly shit. Uh, yeah, so anyway, you, you know, um, when they go to court, uh, he, he had been, of course, like the, the defense, what do they always do? They try to play the fucking insanity card. Um, when they gave him the fucking test that they could, I guess it was super rushed and because he kept denying it when they were giving him the things they, they thought for sure he was either a psychopath, sociopath, egomaniac, uh, because he showed signs of pathological deception, scamming and defrauding others. Like when he was in community college to start with, I guess he had like done all types of counterfeit shit, forged grades, uh, uh, fucking plagiarized papers, done all types of shit that he had been caught for. Showed a complete lack of remorse for sympathy for the crime, which, of course, he was denying the crime. So, But they could just tell psychologically, I guess, that he had, like, no feelings for human life. Uh, they had psychologists talk to him, and they confirmed in no time, and then used the evidence against him on the stand using uh, the things that he admitted to in psychological interviews about the fraud and theft towards his family. Um, a lot of people, like Professor Frank Perry... They think that the police interviews with Christopher were flawed. They didn't account for him being a psycho. So the questions they were asking him, he was a psychopath and it wasn't fair that they were leading him down a certain way because he's going to indict himself no matter what if he keeps talking because he is a psychopath. And, um, you know, the cops were were fucking mad because they knew his dad. 
and they set him down and were shitty with him and they got kind of fucking juked up a little bit. I mean, that's the thing is like they caught him down several paths, but they never got a confession because he's a fucking psychopath. He's he does it like there's you can't make him say that he did something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you you can definitely set him up and it looks to everyone else, but you're trying to get a confession. He's not going to tell you. No, you're not going to ever get it. No. And the professor that was complaining about it on the behalf of the defense really wanted from the police to to get a hold of a professional like they're supposed to. They should have slowed it down and let him talk himself into a circle instead of kept pounding on him like I was describing and leading him into things, which did damn him because, again, you know, his father was well-loved and it all stacks up. It all makes sense, even though there's no physical evidence except for the car, the, the, the cameras and shit. But there and and also another fucking smooth MacGyver move that he did is when he was leaving the house, he cut the phone lines. So he wanted to make it look like an like an intruder cut the phone lines and then broke in, smashed the security system. Guy, when the fucking phone lines go down, there's going to be a record of it. Yeah. Which was 545 a.m., which corroborates completely with the time that he pulled back into his dorm room. I mean, timeline wise, but again, that is circumstantial because there's not, he wore the Tyvek suit. There's no fingerprints. There's no murder weapon. You know what I'm saying? It's clear cut, but at the same time, he they, because he is a psychopath, he never admitted to anything. He probably could have passed the polygraph. <clears throat> Uh, and they just didn't do it the right way in this professor's mind. Well, so. there's such thing as a dumb sociopath. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. Sure. Uh, there, I mean, you know, most of the people that we know of in pop culture that are sociopaths are smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much this case. I know of a sociopath right now who is the dumbest motherfucker I've <laughs> ever met <laughs> in yeah. my fucking life. That's a bad mix. Terrible. And they'll lie to you about anything and everything, even though you got proof. Right. So 1030, you leave your college campus. What you do is to be able to cope with what you're doing. You get hammered. You do cocaine, yeah. whatever. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't know if that, I mean, yeah. they, I'm oh, yeah. sure that's what's drug, going on for sure. I'm sure they drug test anymore, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then you talk yourself up about what you're going to have to do. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, this is like the end all be all. I've got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And you he know? wrote with it. He's still. Proclaims his innocence. Well, uh, his mom does too, right? Look at you again, blowing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look into it. I just whatever because I spelled the shit wrong. But I'm just saying. So l- l- let me keep rolling with this shit right here. Uh, the defense to this is fucking crazy. Again, you know, you can't make the insanity angle work. Uh, the uh, defense attorney is Terrence Clinton. Now he's got a great point. Uh, there's no fingerprints on the fucking axe because he was wearing a Tyvek suit. Uh, the the cops in the town is what he keeps hammering on. They're not equipped to deal with a serious murder. They didn't call in the FBI. It's a small town. They don't have the wherewithal. All they really have are these fucking supposed tapes and the supposed interview. Uh, and there's no confession. And in the interviews, like, he never admits. You know, they're like, you left campus at this time. He was like, yeah, I was going to have sex with somebody and party. You came back at this time. Yeah, because I was out all night partying and fucking. He never, ever admits to anything. So the defense is hammering on that. They're like, this is not the FBI. These are not professional fucking detectives. They may have been detectives here for 15, 20 years, but that ain't shit. This is a small town. Y'all don't have murders like this. These guys can tell you whatever they want to. They can ask him whatever they want to. But at the end of the day, they're not the bright people for the job. So fuck them. And that's not a bad defense. But then it gets insane because they say, and in fact, the reason that Peter was killed is because the mob killed him. Because the mob 
hates his brother, Frank Porco, <laughs> who is a captain of the Bonanno crime family of New York, which is actually true. Yeah. Uh, Frank Porco's nickname was the fireman in the ob in the mob, and uh, it's confirmed because he spent two years in prison for loan sharking and extortion, and he was also a New York fireman. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't make any sense because why would the Bonanno crime family, I mean, fucking Frank had his own family. Yeah. He had other family members closer to him that lived in the city. Wouldn't they just kill them? Wouldn't they just kill Frank? Wouldn't it be shittier for Frank's kids to die than Frank's fucking brother out in the country? If you're going to tie him to it. You know, it makes more sense to go ahead and do what, what happened here because it gets you away from whatever happened. But, we're, I mean, it there whether or not that happened, it's definitive proof that this piece of shit was a psychopath. Period. Yeah. You know, whether or not he killed anybody, anything like that. It, it makes the most sense because if you're if you're gonna kill a bunch of people, you're gonna work out every angle because you've gotten away with it beforehand. Right. And plus, you know, this kid is like fucking telling all his friends and shit. Like, yeah, you know, my fucking uncle Frank Porco is a fucking mob boss out there. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with me because fucking Frank Porco is gonna come through for and sure. Fucking put one in you. Anyway, uh, this fucking the 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 trial is quick. Uh, the prosecution is completed on August 2nd, 2006, August 10th. The jury begins deliberation, which means that's when the defense wraps up same fucking day. That's cold blooded. They didn't take a lot of time to think about it. He's found guilty of second degree murder, 50 years for each body, minimum sentence to life, maximum sentence by judge Jeffrey Berry, who I got to assume knew his fucking father, uh, good ending yeah. to a terrible story. And what's even shittier, man, that, that, like if it wasn't depressing enough, what this piece of shit did, his mom again. Yeah. And uh, I, I fucked up by not confirming. Yeah. She worked for the school system. Okay. So she had, you know, a nice thing about a state job, like being a teacher, you look at it, it doesn't pay a ton, mm-hmm. but you got great benefits. Uh, especially retirement. That's what everyone's looking forward to. So you put in 20 years and you get out your pension full blown. Like most people that have jobs like that, the driving force for doing it for so long is the fucking sweet retirement. Well, they, well, well with, with speech impediments, you understand that there's fucking uh, trauma involved to sure. a degree. Um, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this, but all I can <laughs> <Nothing>. say, <laughs> all I can say is this, is that I can guarantee you mom's, Probably just fucking doesn't believe that he did it. Just from oh, the parenting angle, from yeah, everything else. Exactly. And that's where this gets super depressing is that she had to take her pension for disability. And this whole thing seems fucked up, like from the school perspective and from hers. So she goes on her pension, which is her retirement for disability. She's out for nine months and goes back to teaching. Mm hmm. Now, had she not gone back to teaching, she would have got a partial pension for the rest of her life. But because she went back to teaching, that made her pension restart. She's disqualified from receiving retirement for another 20 years. And on the fucking stand in the trial, of course, the prosecution's main fucking thing is going to be, okay, his mom said to this detective 
yes, this is who murdered me. Mm-hmm. He got confirmation. Asked her several other questions, which she correctly answered yes or no to by shaking her head. So is the trauma of being struck in the head with an axe a factor? Sure. Could she have said the wrong thing? Sure. But he made sure to ask her a series of questions to do that. On top of that, his mom wrote letters to the judge, to the police office to please stop bothering her son. They need to go and find the real killer so her husband can rest in peace and she can get on with the rest of her life with her sons. Still to this day, even after being completely fucked out of her retirement because of this incident, I mean, you can blame the schools all you want to. You can blame the rules all you want to. But had this not happened, it would have never been an issue. Yeah. Her fucking husband's gone. Who had like she is now financially in a bad place mm-hmm. and has to work for way longer than she needs to. And she's disabled. She got fucked up. Yeah. So she's got to live the rest. Of, like she's living a miserable life, and still, to the character of this woman, backs her son who is in prison for the murder of her husband, his father. And the disfiguring and putting her in fucking disability position for the rest of her life still rides for him. That's mm-hmm. a mother's love. And so I got to say, this shit made me sick. I fucking hate this kid. I hope that uh, the worst things are happening to him all the time in prison. And uh, if you're raising kids, I don't know what went wrong. It seems like nothing. Mm-hmm. But, yo... I guess you always got to be ready to ride on them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that works. You got to whoop that ass when they come for that's you. It's not even whooping that ass. It's just taking shit from them. It's like, yo, you can't go out and hang out with your friends tonight. You're staying here. And if you take off, I'm filing a police report that you're a runaway. Yeah. You know, shit like that. You know, that's that's a healthy way to do things, period. Um, Yo, we got a song to go with this shit. What it is, buddy. I know that we, uh, every once in a while, you got to go do a redo with a band. Exhumed. All right. We'll do Exhumed again. That makes sense. We're doing Exhumed. The axe was made to grind. Oh, yeah. That's a good choice for this shit right here. Hey, man. uh, I just want to tell you, if you've been listening to this, we thank you a ton. Uh, Look, uh, my fucking ass is sore. I've done two podcasts tonight, album reviews. Uh, so I'm going to do a shit job on shout outs. I'm sorry. Uh, I got to shout out Andy Campbell for the help with the research. He's been a fucking huge weight off my shoulders. Uh, we got more people wanting to help me research that fucking rules. I'm just glad we're growing to that point. Uh, th- man, all the patrons that help us out, you know who you are. Lace Razor, Matt Mess, his family, Ryan Parker, Bobby Henderson, I'm bad at this shit sometimes, man, at this part of it, which is probably the most important part. But just know you're loved. You know we love you. Uh, Talk to us anytime. Fuck, man. Uh, You know, if if we can get YouTube subscribers, that's what we're looking for right now. So we're doing five-minute album reviews. Look, if you're a fucking patron and you have an album that you want us to review, you're front of the line. We'll do anything you want. So hit me up if you're on the Patreon if you got friends that are in a band, if you're in a fucking band, hit me up and we'll fucking blast you out there as much hey, as we can. Uh, Jeremy, the bass player of War, sent me a patch of the, just out of the blue. Tight. I got it today. He just said, like, hey, when I find one, I'm going to give you one. I was like, all right, cool. So. Uh, and uh, AIDS. Alien invasion defense system. That guy rules, man. Clayton. Clayton is a cool fucking dude. Clayton Haynes, uh, man. Helping us out. And uh, we'll definitely get into reviewing that. Yeah. Like, Luke, uh, I mean, 
I'm always about being transparent. People try to hide gimmicks and shit. I love, we love music. Uh, so it's not so much a gimmick, but we're doing goofy albums and shit. I mean, the idea is to drive up YouTube traffic. And, uh, and it's one of those things that happens on YouTube where like people love reviews. They get a lot of fucking pops and that's just us driving traffic to our fucking podcast, which is the main focus. So if we can big up you and your project along the way, let us do it. If you've been listening to this shit, hit me up. If you're a patron of this shit, like Clayton, for example, who's got a ribbon fucking one man death metal band. Yeah. Yo, let us big up you, please. We want to, I want to help you because you've helped us so much. And also too, man, if you got a small, like if you got a label. Yeah. And you're trying to push him shit. Yeah, let like Sam. Us know, man. Yeah, like Sam, who, uh, what was the name of that? Fuck, man. Black Skull? Black Skull Records, man. Yeah, he sent Buddy a package of records. Yeah, we put one of his bands on one of our first reviews. So, you know, let us get with you because uh, we love you. We're making a community. We appreciate what you're doing. Uh, if you're new to this shit and you haven't done it yet, if you just want to do something free and easy and cool for us, just pop on iTunes, give us a five star review. That helps us out somehow, some way. Get on our uh, Instagram. Yeah. Like Instagram, that shit. Like our Instagram. Just social media with us, man. We're Death Metal Dicks on everything. Uh, follow the YouTube because we got cool shit coming out. Yeah. It's not an empty follow. We're doing five five-minute album reviews a week. What? Let, we're going to do five-minute album reviews. I mean, you know, maybe that happens all like every week. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, I'm trying to I'm not gonna put a video to, out. Yeah, like we, every should. Day. we should. We should. Yeah, every day. I mean, because we're not only doing metal. It's like so many. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to do it all. But we're not, not going to like just fucking. The point of the jib jabbering is we're at a point where me and Buddy are tired and drunk. Yeah. Uh, my second podcast of the fucking night. Love you guys. Thank you so much for everything you've done. If you're doing Patreon or just listening or just telling your fucking friends. Appreciate the fuck out of that. Uh, glad we're going with this energy in the new year. We'll yeah. see you on the next motherfucking episode. Also, Episodics of the Blowhole. Check oh, it. yeah, man. I got a fucking... Our producer, Mark, doing even, some shit. And I didn't even put out the fucking live shows that are coming up. So if you got to the end of this, <laughs> you're fucking around today, Friday, uh, Dave Stone's at Vino's with yeah. me and Mark. And then Episodics of the Blowhole's doing a live episode Saturday. So if you live in town, Little Rock, Arkansas, that is, or the surrounding areas, you got a cool weekend you can jump into, which I should have said at the front of the podcast, but I suck at this shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the Dave Stone Friday night. Vino's is 10 bucks, 8 o'clock. Episodes to blow a hole completely free, live, 100th episode podcast at Core Pub in Little Rock. Fucking free. What time does that start, Mark? And it benefits, uh, what does it benefit? Lucy's Place. Lucy's Place. Also starts at 8 o'clock. So come out and have a weekend with us, you fucks. See ya.